This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oh, no, I was just going fast. And Kaloe was talking about how it's crazy wind air. So I just hit this closeout and just spun as hard as I could and I ended up backwards and I was like, oh, I might make this thing. And I spun out like, whoa, cool. Show me the video. <laughs> Show me the video. Oh my gosh. It was really like inverted, which makes it sick. I was really surprised when I was still on my board. Like, oh, cool. I made it. Yeah. <laughs> From the back, you saw him drop in and he whipped it. And I wasn't, I knew he like rotated again, but wasn't sure. If he pulled it at the time, I was kind of like, oh, he la- it looked like he landed hard, but I just saw the footage and he landed pretty smooth. So. Milestone, milestone day. I was part of the super session. So now, <laughs> John John could have been out there and he could have got that section, but you know, he just, I don't know what he's doing. He's not at home like editing videos or something. You know, where's he, what's he doing today? Tour notes. We've been hyping this series ever since it launched nearly two years ago. It's the dessert course after every CT event. I actually even make a cameo in the very first episode of Tour Notes, which, of course, you can see on our website, surfsplendorpodcast.com. But basically, Tour Notes is a video series produced by the incomparable Peter King with over 52 episodes and over 1 million views in the last two episodes alone. It's no wonder why Stab Magazine called Peter surfing's most powerful journalist. And I did a bunch of Googling about Peter King and found that there's actually very little information about him. So I thought to myself, what a perfect opportunity to share with the world the unpolished, always entertaining, diamond in the rough that is Peter King. My name is David Scales. I'll be trying to wrangle Peter and conduct an interview with him so that you can enjoy Today's episode of Surf Splendor. What's the deal that um, tour notes that you did with Kelly with the 540? Yep. Didn't you used to have it titled 540 and now the title 720? No, I always, when we, the way that whole thing went down was really cool. So I never shoot Kelly. I shoot all the Hurley guys. Right. Mostly. I mean, I'll shoot any my friends if they're out, but I, I never really shoot Kelly on surfing because he's never actually surfs with other people. 
he's really mysterious. He just goes off and free surfs. Like at J-Bay, he didn't even free surf once. Really? He surfed two heats and left. <clears throat> Does he surf down the beach? or? Yeah, he surfs different areas, but he didn't even surf around J-Bay. I don't know why. Maybe he was injured or something, but he surfed Crazy. one heat and then the next. But, so my point is I rarely kind of see him. I'm rolling with you know a team of 13 people on right. Hurley, and you know nobody wants to surf with six guys, pros. Everyone finds their own peak on off days or free sessions. So anyway... I was on the beach. It was kind of overcast that day. I was actually ready to leave. I was shooting a couple guys. Brett Simpson was out. Kolohe was out. and I was just hanging out, just shooting a beach angle, which is pretty boring to me. I don't like to shoot surfing on the beach. It's sure. just not really involved. You know? yeah, exactly. I miss a lot of waves because I don't care. You know, Start wandering. Checking your phone. <laughs> yeah, as, <laughs> as much as possible. Most Instagram and Facebook posts come from the beach between sets. Right. So anyway... Todd Glazer and him walk by and they throw me their keys. Hey, can you hold my keys? I'm like, oh, okay. That means I'm stuck now. Right. But whatever, nothing to do. Lay day in Portugal. Gabriel's down the beach. Um, he's got a crew of like 20, 30 people from Brazil, Globo, big television channels following him because at any moment, you know, when he serves the contest, he could win the world title. So he's surrounded by a huge crew. Seems like uh, there's a lot of people on the beach. So anyway, Kelly got a couple waves along with everyone else and just did some flyaways he never makes errors when he's free surfing and then sure enough that one I almost turned off my camera because I think oh he's just going to do another flyaway but he flew down the line I just kept the camera on I literally almost stopped holding the button wow. I almost turned it off to save my digital space sure but then he uh, yeah he did that thing and I didn't even respond I just was like mouth wide open staring like holy crap did that just happen so it did uh, right after that um, Mitch Cruz came in yeah, and he was like Mike did he make that and then I showed him he's like that peanut that <laughs> peanut how did he make that you can't make that nobody's made that Mike that's never been done so he was just freaking out and I guess basically he said that you know Kelly and they were all talking out there like it's a good air wind so Kolohe and everyone was just launching trying stuff so Kelly's so competitive he just you know the kids are trying air is all trying air and then he did that in my eyes, it's a 720 because it was completely in rotation the whole way. And the, the whole thing finishes by the time he's at the flats. He never got to the flats backwards and then spun it. He got into the whitewater on his way down. By the time he was at the flats, he spun around. And it was all momentum driven. So it wasn't like a tail slide revert, you know. Even Tony Hawk said it was a 720. A lot of pro snowboarders said it was a 720. But my, the point was, so I get this footage and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is insane. That's never been done. So I got to get the interview when he comes in. All of these people following Gabriel hear word on the beach that this crazy thing just happened. So they abandon him like 200 yards on the beach and they all come up hoping for an interview when Kelly comes in. And they're like, hey, bro, man, can we buy your footage? Really? And I was like, nah, you can just copy the link when it's online. Right. And it will be online first. So I sure enough, I, um, Kelly comes in and, you know, I'm just holding the keys up by my head, like smiling. <laughs> you like, got to come get these gotta and give get me an these interview. Keys. So I run down to the water's edge. I had a little second camera with me, a little cheesy handy cam, but that's what Tour Notes is, not high art. It's just a matter right. of being there. So I get down there, show him on the phone. He's like, whoa. Like, he kind of didn't remember what he did. So really? I showed him on the phone. Yeah, and I go, what is that? And he's like, I don't know. But, so I get a little, I have to elbow out this other film crews. Sure. Get the first response, of course. And then uh, just ran back up to the car. Gabriel walks in, doesn't even get note. No one even sees him. Hmm. He just he's like looking over like why is this huge crowd over there at Slater he had no idea what went down no idea because he was in the water you right know? so sure I mean isn't that ironic Gabriel Medina is leading the world title race he's the aerial kid of the future 
and the old man does the air right that changes the world the, the biggest thing that's happened in surfing the whole year yeah was done by Kelly right I mean totally just stealing the thunder and I think set the tone for you know maybe a lot of the other pressure added on to Gabriel to lose to Simpo in that next time he surfed and, and bow out of Portugal with no title or anything um, which but, is really our favorite thing about surfing and our yeah. favorite thing about Kelly being kind of the forever protagonist where it's just like he constantly resets the bar it's been said a million times before but it's like this is almost more significant than what was happening with andy back in the day and whoever the other competitors were along the way well kelly's eternal i mean uh, he has no signs of slowing down right i mean at some point he should just judge himself and send his scores in you know but i don't know it's it's crazy so i ran home and I, i got the little interview bits and I ran home, I had 200 megabyte upload left on my little Wi-Fi device, even though Portugal seems like a first world country, the internet hasn't quite reached there yet. Yeah. And I barely was able to upload my thing and get that out, so that was pretty funny to get that done. And uh, you know, it was interesting, Kelly calling out John John, like, not only does he do the air, then he has to say a little like jab at John John, like, you know, like, like smash Gabriel on the beach basically by doing that, then has to call out John John, like he just such an instigator like you said the protagonist he's just always like he wants to compete so badly right but it's ironic because I I see that but where is it in his surfing he should have had this title sewn up in Portugal he had a lot of opportunities all throughout year. the year all year, the year. It pisses individual me off. heats oh my where gosh. It's, and he doesn't even look like he's trying at times Jay Bay I don't know if he was trying yeah and that frustrates me because I'm a fan and a friend I'm just like come on man this is Jay Bay all you have to do is like go through the motions and right. in the quarters well what's your insight you've known him know. for a lot of years what's your insight into his headspace I have say. no idea I don't know why he does it. I think the only thing I can say is it looks to me like he used to glide through first round heats and and then really pour it on at the quarter semis. They'd talk about the way he uh, he didn't use up all his chia seeds, you know, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like I think he used up all his chia seeds or his in, uh, in the early rounds. Against against John John at Chopu for sure. He right. had nothing left against Gabriel. That makes sense. But um, he usually saves his big explosions, you know, for the end. So like I think he just kinda he get, he's gotten clipped early too many times and you know, no wins. I don't know what it is. I don't so, Maybe. one of my... my We have high expectations for him, right? What about the fact that he's developing outer known and perps and all this other stuff? Does that distract from his headspace? I don't know. He doesn't even have one of those stickers on his board, so how would I even know he's doing that? I read about but, it. But you know that yeah. he is. I mean, you know he's committing time to it, right? I don't even think it matters to him. I, I don't know what he's thinking about. I don't know if he's... Comp- I think he's focused on so many other things. I don't know if it's those things, though. I think he literally is thinking about like waves he's missing around the world. Really? Well, that contest in Portugal, the best waves that happened were every day besides the contest. The contest was at the worst location. Um, supposed to be a, a movable venue, but it absolutely was not a movable venue. And there was great waves like 10 of the 13 days we were there. Yeah. And the contest never had great waves. Maybe one day, that right. final day, John John got some 10s. For and, part of the day. Yeah, for part of the day. So, yeah, and it was tough. I mean, even at Kelly's heat against the Ritz, there was like nothing came in for him to even do anything. And, you know. But in the past, he used to be able to will waves to him. Yeah. And now it seems like he's checked out enough to where he's not even really doing that. Well, I he's guess. not paying his warlock fees, obviously. Oh, okay. Is that yeah. what he was doing before? I think before? he's pretty cheap. He's not paying his magic fees to, Fair the, enough. to the guild. I don't know what it is. Um, let's back up. I want to get more into tour notes, but let's back up. Did you back grow up in up. San Diego with the Taylor Steele crew? Is that? No, they're younger than me. I oh, grew okay. up in La Jolla. Um, that crew came after me. I mean, of course, I know all those kids and those guys. To me, they're Groms. Like Machado's a Grom, but, you know, he's an old man, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, they were much younger, and they were in North County. I was in La Jolla. Okay. There's a big difference there. We probably spent more time with those guys around the world at where the surf tour goes than actually at home. Who'd you grow up with then? Did you I grow grew up, up surfing. With, yeah, I grew up surfing. Yeah, with Richard Kenvin, Chris oh, O'Rourke. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm from Wind and Sea, so yeah, that's yeah. my zone, and that's kind of our crew down there. Did you see Kenvin's exhibit at the Mengi? His I just surf craft exhibit. I just see it in the water under oh, his nice. feet all the time. Yeah, Richard's amazing. I mean, he was the best surfer when I was growing up, and I used to shoot photos of him when I was 10, 11, 12. Really? Yeah, my parents got me a camera, and I w- I've been shooting photos my whole life. I used to have a dark room and all that stuff, so it's kind of funny. I think now that I do photography, a lot of the surf photographers think, oh, you're a surfer that got into photography. I'm like, no, I've actually been doing it longer than you. I'm yeah. 47, and I have been had a dark room when I was 10. Right. So my mom taught Crazy. photography at UCSD, and I've been okay. doing this my whole life. But, uh, of course, I was a pro surfer for a while, so I wasn't shooting and, and pursuing that as much. But with the digital age, I mean, it's so fun. I love the immediate turnaround. That's that's my favorite thing is editing stuff together quickly and getting it up. And, you know, I love Instagram and Facebook and all these ways to publish stuff right away for people to see right. and kind of follow along with what you're doing. You know, I don't use those forums as a way to, like, show my art, but just to show where I am. Sure. You know, and maybe some misdirection. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, but that'd be savvy. <laughs> yeah, like throw a smoke Trestles is great today, exactly. but down at when is he not? <laughs> um, how'd you get involved in MTV? Let me let me kind of back up for the listeners yeah, who so, may may not know your yep. name. Like when I grew up, I remember you got a cover shot. Was it Surfer Mag or Surfing Mag? I had a couple covers on Surfer Magazine. Yeah, okay. so I was a pro surfer, and then I was in a, a couple bands. I the started surfers, a band. Right? No, long before that, I was in a band called Dakota Motor Company. And at the same time that was happening, I got asked to do, and I was still being a pro surfer, but I got asked to do a commercial for the Surfrider Foundation on MTV. And because of that spot, a producer at MTV asked me to host some, come audition to host some shows. So I hosted a beach competition show called Sandblast. I don't know when that was, like probably 94 to 98. I missed that one. Yeah, it was was just incredible. It was just incredible. (laughs) No, it was actually put on by the people that made American Gladiator. Oh, okay. And they wanted like a co-ed version of like college-age kids. Okay. And it was filmed in uh, Florida. It was pretty funny. I mean, it was really bad. That was when the first time MTV got into what they call reality programming. Like the first real world was on right then. Right. And that was a... I mean, people were reacting so strongly like they're taking away our music and MTV is like no no we'll never get rid of music and I don't even think there's music on MTV I mean there's certainly nothing I've maybe ever on seen. MTV 4 I, or I something wouldn't even, I wouldn't even know where MTV is on the dial who watches TV anymore who who reads magazines you know like, yeah the world's changed everything's online and delivered to my phone or else listening so. to podcasts dude that's it podcasts it's way of the future. the future yeah this is the uh, radio free America right here yeah. had you consciously given up pro surfing or no, no, I Did was doing that the whole time. You were? Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, because I was I was on tour, but then by the time I was in bands and doing MTV, I wasn't on tour. I was just uh, paid to surf and travel and get photos in magazines and stuff. When you say tour, was it the qualifying <clears throat> series or the actual CT? No, back then there was no qualifying series. Back then if you were on tour, you were just on tour. Anyone could show up and blow up. Oh, you okay. You could just show up. If you, had the, if you were stupid enough to pay the entry, you were on tour. Really? Yeah, so I traveled it for like three and a half years. I never got past like 27th. It was the highest I think I ever got, but... So I wasn't getting high enough to matter, and they weren't going to let you beat. I was on tour with guys like Sean Thompson and yeah. Tom Curran, and, you know, yeah, yeah, old guys, Barton Lynch, 
That's awesome. And I was man. a young guy, kind of, and I wasn't obviously as good as them, so it wasn't wasn't going to happen, you know. See, there was I, no career for someone getting thirty second back then. Sure. I my career, I kind of forged a way for surfers to travel and get paid to be in magazines and do surf trips and be what they call a free surfer, which is sure. a weird term, but. Long before Donovan Frankenrider, there was me, you know? Right. <laughs> I taught him how to do the uh, soul arch for oh, a photo right? on a closeout. Yeah. Sick, Those kind of little tricks. He's made a career out of it. Well, he did. Now he's a good musician, so. He is, yeah. I don't like the fact that he there's makes two that... Donovan musicians, though. Oh, uh, the original like, think, Donovan? Like well, there's Yellow, the original Yellow? Donovan, and now there's the new Donovan. I think he needs Spelled to... Spelled differently, though. Is it? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, there's Don A. Vaughn and Don O. Van. You just call him Donna. <laughs> so, what's interesting is that you're actually super talented. Like, I don't think everybody knows the the jack-of-all-trades that you are, you know? Like, because when I was young, I was exposed to those things that you just said, um, where I saw the cover shot, I watched MTV, I saw all that stuff. And then, more recently, I've seen you around working with Hurley and doing all that stuff. What, what was the transition to working well, with Hurley? How'd you get involved with them? Well, I was the first person Bob Hurley ever sponsored. Really? When he owned Billabong, yeah. Okay. When, when I was 15 was, years old. While he was with Billabong. So well, it was a Billabong sticker prior well, to Bob the Hurley days. owned Billabong. Right. In America. The licensing. Yeah, he was the right. first licensee of Billabong. So I rode for Billabong. I was the first person he ever sponsored. He drove Crazy. down to my house drove down to my house in La Jolla from Costa Mesa where he was located and asked me to ride for him when I was 14. I did not know that. Yeah, so now I'm 47. I've been with him for 33 years. Crazy. Yeah, I've done everything you can do. I've been a pro surfer. I've been uh, done marketing, done design, photography. I mean, sales repping, literally, like, almost everything you can do at a company. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Created ads, I mean, everything. I was the announcer at our events. I mean, uh, we had Walk the Walk, which was a fashion competition between high schools. I I hosted that. that. And, you know, we create all these ideas and and do different marketing. Rip My Shred Stick is a tour that we do every year. We've changed that to called Surf and Enjoy, where we go on a tour bus around America, do, like, 40 events, taking kids surfing. Uh, we bring out the pros boards. We bring pros. And so, I mean, there's just so much stuff to do to promote the brand. So I guess it would always be marketing, but there's yeah. different things within that, whether it's photography or hosting or coming up with the ideas. So Tour Notes, the, basically the impetus why I started doing this series, and it's always been nameless actually until now. Stab did an article on me that I do it. And before that, no one knew who did Tour Notes, two years worth. And the reason was because that Kelly Slater one blew up. Right. Which is ironic, because last I checked, he doesn't ride for Hurley. But hey, somebody had to put out the news piece. That's true. Better me than someone else. But that's what I like about tour notes, too. Exactly. It's yeah. everything. It has Kelly in it a lot, because he likes to interact with these guys. Sure. You know, has everyone in it. Anyone who's willing to look at the camera, Kai Otten, Matt Wilco. I mean, if, well, you're, if you're willing to talk to me, you're going to be in tour notes. It seems like more important than whether there's a Hurley sticker right. or not. It's just what's mean. going on behind the scenes. And that's it. Hurley yeah. sponsors 13 guys about. I mean, with the Nike merger, what happened with Nike was Nike was... Uh, merged everyone into Hurley and we all looked at each other and went uh we have a pretty big team how are we going to give everyone attention Mm -hmm. and so I came up with the idea well I'd like to go on the road and document behind the scenes of what's going on you know it's basically what you're not seeing on the webcast and so it started out I don't think they were as good when we started and it's gotten into a rhythm now where the guys know I'm there they know what's it's just talking to me is like uh they're only giving up things that they would give up like on a Snapchat or an Instagram. Sure. It's just like a long-form video version. Short, Some, but relatively short still. And you know what? Right. There's Longer always, than Vine. There's always two or three guys that are, are willing to do it. And some of the other guys don't want to. They're stressed. They're competing. And I get that. But there's always time because there's so many events. And there's so many guys. You figure there's 
12 events and 12 people, there's 144 ways to mash that up of who's going to get in there. But the bottom line is, is I need Brett Simpson on tour. Do you? Because Simpo is my star of tour notes. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's winning the tour notes world title. I saw that on Stab. <laughs> They've got a little campaign going. Well, he's the funniest guy. I mean, he's he's amazing. He should have his own reality show. I fully agree. Yeah. So the first time I remember being exposed to you in person was at the pier in Huntington filming with Sippo. And then you'd come around and stick the camera in his face and get get involved in the parking lot and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And that was actually at the beginning of Tour Notes, like you said, two years ago. I think that was the first episode. It might have been. Yeah, it was him just going surfing, getting ready for Australia. Yeah, and I remember that specifically. And so I watched Tour Notes, and I loved it from the Thank get-go. You. Like you said, long before really people knew what it was and knew that you were the one doing it. Yeah. I, I think you had like a panasonic camera that actually had like I a wi-fi signal in it yeah that was a panasonic gh3 i went through one of those got another one now i have a panasonic gh4 so it you can shoot the clip and upload it instantly yeah is the that camera's the amazing no not the clip but what you can do is that camera for video as far as a dslr goes it has image stabilization on the lens okay. so i can handhold and shoot surf got at it. 60 frames a second full hd I can take a frame grab from any of those 60 frames a second of video in the camera, and it's tack sharp. Because is it really? The, the lens autofocuses for video, which is very rare, and it's a very, very high quality image. So it looks great on Facebook or Instagram for web use, it's fine. Um, What's the zoom? But then the, that photo Wi-Fi's over to my phone. Oh, got it. So before a guy's even paddling back out, before John John or Brett are paddling back out, we can have on Hurley Instagram or anyone's Instagram, I always send their photos to themselves before they get in from the heat. Crazy. They have them waiting on their phone. So, yeah, um, it's just a, uh, you know, and then the, the tour notes, editing of the video, I just take my time, not much time, but I mean, I'd wait till I have enough interesting three or four situations and just put it up. It's not high art. It's just, right. you know, here's a little extra. So here's what it is. Oh, and when you say what telephoto, it, it, you, that's a DSLR. You can choose whatever lens you want. I, Got it. I use for surf, there's a, it's a one to 400 millimeter lens. And then for interviewing people, it's, it's a 24 to 70 millimeter lens. So. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn jobs. Your time and capital are precious. And there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references. And now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInJobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So here's the strength of Tour Notes is just your accessibility to surfers. And because you've been around them for so long, obviously you have the relationships. But what's surprising to me is that they're so candid with a camera jammed in their face. You know what I mean? Like, because once you pull out a camera, not you, but other people pull out a camera and ask for an interview, their personalities change. Well, I guess I'm a friend, so they know that I'm going to make them look good. And if they say something stupid, that's not going to get used. And, you know, I mean, they, they're, they're offering it up. There's no, there's no secrets. There's no, you know, it's just fun stuff. It's nothing like diabolical or anything like that. Has there ever been a time where you used something that somebody was bummed out about? No. Everybody's cool with everything? Yeah. That's awesome. Everything's fun. We're just Uh, showing the fun. And, and, you know, that's important to all the guys to come off looking fun and for their image. Yeah. But, like I said, it just feels like anything I film is an extension of, like, what they would put up as a Snapchat or an Instagram or a Facebook post or something. At the end of the day, it's social media. I'm not a TV show. Right. The only people watching are people that care enough to watch. Yeah. So you're not, it's not going out to a general audience. Unless Kelly does a 720. Yeah, well, that one went to, you know, TMZ and ESPN's homepage. Yeah. That was exciting. I mean, yeah, that was a, just a miracle. So um, you say that it's not high art. And, I'll, I mean, I'll agree with you, it's not high art necessarily. It's not trying to be, that's for sure. It probably but, is. Well, I just think that... I'm sure I could scam someone like it's a, you know, a Warhol, but it's not. Well, <laughs> here's my opinion on it. Is, if you're interested in it, it is, though, right? Absolutely. Yeah. My opinion of it is, I'm a huge fan of surf video as kind of an art form, or just as a, a medium to digest what's going on in the world. Yep. And things have gotten so condensed in terms of we used to watch 45 minute Taylor Steele videos and now really especially with tour notes it's condensed down to one to two to three minutes at the most gosh one minute is perfect if I can get one minute that's I don't even want to click on it if it's over three minutes well nobody does and and you know all I've checked all the numbers and and the shorter it is the more people see it really more that watch it and you know that's weird because when you click on it you don't know how long it is but I guess you don't get a view on YouTube unless someone watches two thirds of the length of it oh really I didn't know that so yeah so if it's a minute people usually will give everything about 45 seconds before they cut out you know but if it's three minutes and they get bored after a minute 15 they're gone and you don't get the view you know well the strength of it to me is that you convey more content and information in that one minute than most videos do in five minutes or most magazine articles do in three or four pages. Yeah, I you guess know? that comes from a reaction of, uh, of the way I consume media. I mean, when I started, I knew that I was frustrated with videos that people made. Like, you know... What about it? What we call like surf porn, you know, like a 45-minute video of surfing. It's like I never learned anything about the guy. Right. Why wasn't he talking? I want to hear from Julian. I want to hear from John. John, I want to hear from Kelly. So I just cut straight to like, let's hear from them. Mm. (laughs) But not only let's hear from them, it's just let's hear the meat and potatoes of what they said, basically. Maybe you have a conversation with them, but you only edit in the meat and potatoes. Well, you'd be surprised how short those conversations are. Really? (laughs) Maybe you're just asking the right questions. (laughs) I'm just doing a jump cut in between. One question is enough, usually. But there's always surf footage as well, and it's always the key clips. I always try and tie in anything that happened. Well, that's tough. I have to film everything surfing-wise so that I have some insert edits, you know, in terms of making it. But I just, you know, especially if someone does something, you just go up and ask them about it. I mean, it's kind of like a post-heat interview, but a little more informal. Right. What I also like about it, though, is that 
it won't necessarily just be the A clips that you incorporate into the thing. Like, if somebody's bogging or had, you know, a particular wipeout, like when John John got injured on the Gold Coast, I think last year, yep. you know, like you have that clip as well. Oh, you have to. And so that's stuff that you don't normally see through traditional media. Yeah, I had to tell that story. I mean, poor John John. That really derailed that last year. And then this year he started off and it seemed like he wasn't going to do anything. And out of nowhere, third, second, first, third. I mean, you realize if he made the final in Portugal, he'd be have a chance to win the title. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So I think he's he's going to probably – he's got to be the forerunner, the best surfer in the world right now to win the world title next year. And he's still got tons of room to improve his surfing. So I agree. That's incredible. He's I mean, got – His in-between stuff, it just looks pretty average to me right now. What do you mean? Like his in-between bank turns and stuff. Like transitions you know? on yeah, the way. Yeah, so a lot of the transitions just look kind of like – like, if I could just merge some of uh, Felipe Toledo's uh, interest in hitting that second section, mm. you know, and then John John's talent, like, that's a dangerous blend. But it's going to be tough next year. I don't know. If you talk about the title race, Gabriel, I mean, he looks like he's just getting, you know, he's surfing worse and worse right. throughout the year. I mean, maybe from after Fiji, he never even looked great. Right. Um, just kind of hanging on. But you know, we'll he, talk won, about he won Tahiti. So what can I say? I mean, with Gabe, with uh, back to John John yep. talking about transitions, like I would agree with that assessment and criticism when you're looking at him surfing lowers and it's a kind of mushy wave. But then when you're watching Although him in did. France, I didn't notice any of those hiccups in his transitions. Yeah. When the waves actually have enough power, like Hawaii, transitions are smooth and seamless, you know? Yeah. It's only when he's in mushy, small waves, I guess. Yeah, he's going to dominate Hawaii. He'll win the Triple Crown. He'll probably win an event over there. I mean, it'd be incredible if he won pipe. I yeah. mean, I'm a huge John John and Kelly fan, so right. um, I think they're the best surfers and the most pleasing for me to watch. But, you know, that's just fan talking. I, Gabriel's probably going to win this world title. Do you think and, so? Yeah, because he only has to make a couple heats. Just because the math? The math is on his side. And if, if he does, it's going to be really good for surfing to have a young, you know, he's a dynamic kid. Um, I think his, his presence, like that he gives off has gotten much better. He's learned to speak English better and, and now he's able to communicate more to a broader audience, you know? Do you think that was the hiccup previously? I think there was a, a little bit of that there and, he, you know, there's a little bit of rock star syndrome with him, for sure, you know, where he's like a little arrogant young rock star. Let me let me ask you this. I think, like, um, there's a lot of anti-Brazil sentiment out on the internet with mainly coming from America and Australia. Um, but then people in the comment section will come to the defense of guys like Miguel Pupo and Alejo and even Jadson and say, actually, no, those guys are super nice and we like those guys. Gabriel, on the other hand, people don't seem to like so much. Have you spent much time with him personally? I haven't spent much. And the times that I have, he's been really sweet. But okay. I don't surf in the contest area with the guys. And apparently he's super aggressive. Okay. You know, but I mean, that's probably what makes him super you know competitive yeah and plays into why he's winning um i don't know why all the racism against the brazilians nowadays i you know in the past it seemed like it was there was a major affront to brazilians but it seems like the, the new guys are all pretty nice yeah um when you read comments uh people complaining like on stabmag.com or something like the comment sections are they're kind of like it's a separate entity it's just like a it's just like that's what it is. It's just right. a bunch of creeps, you know, writing crap, you know. I feel that's absolutely They're just looking true. to get their viewpoint out. When you see something articulated, then that, that could make sense. But who cares if a 21-year-old is cocky? I mean, who really cares? 
just mm. surf and win, you know? Like, he's not mean. He never he, said anything mean. Well, who cares? The answer is, yeah. when you have Kelly as the counterpoint of somebody who's been the best ambassador that yep. a sport could ever ask for, that's who cares. Yeah, it's a tough legacy to live up to. I mean, this kid's 21. And here it comes. Kelly used to get in little spats with people back in the day, too. But, you know, we didn't have an ASP webcast that's like it is today, where every little thing is on TV. Or I tour mean, notes yeah, showing exactly. behind the scenes. Yeah, but tour notes shows the funny good side. That's true. I mean, Kelly lost his heat to Aritz and broke his board in three places. Right. Went, went nuts. Right. But Gabriel lost the heat before, and his dad broke Gabriel's board. Yeah, but Kelly then brings his broken board out and gives it to his fans. There you go. That's and, different. And makes up a story that his rock star friends break their guitars. No one told him that. He was right. just trying to cover. Right. But it's cool. I mean, you, you should be able to show emotion. I mean, yeah. that's what's going to make surfing accepted. People are, oh, there's something on the line. You're not just millionaires doing... You've got to show that there's something on the line. And Kelly is, you know, he has to not leave because it made, he's the one who shows what's on the line. It made me like Kelly more that yes. he had that moment of... You know, disappointment. What was exactly. shocking, to bring it back to the conversation about where's his headspace, yeah. what was shocking to me was that when Rosie Hodge in the post-teen interview mentioned that he's still in it for the world title, he was shocked. There's no way he could have not known that. He knows Dude, everything. Dude, he seems sincerely I shocked. I know, but none of us believed it. We all watched that and went, what? He knows everything. He knows every little detail. So I think... Why was, was he acting then? I think he was mad at his performance, not because he was out of the title. And he should have broken his board in 10 pieces after that performance. But I think he... I, you know, my opinion is that he was making that up. Okay. That, so I think. Why would he make it up? just to make it look like that's why he was so frustrated to justify that because I just lost the world title that's why I broke my boards okay you know and what I mean so everybody talks about Kelly basically mind trapping people you know and trying to fake them out and psych them out and there was yeah, he actually doesn't do that banter about him in cloud break hurting his foot and then like posting or having Taylor Steele post the Instagram about it no no that was legit it's all legit so oh, it's, yeah 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 okay when yeah, everyone you, says like he talks to people in his heats to try and mess them up he's just talking to be nice okay yeah. What about whispering in Andy Iron's ear, I love you, on the beach before they paddle out for their world title deciding final at Pipeline? Yeah, who knows? You don't who know? Who knows if that's true? I mean, there's video of it. I don't think it's... it's. Uh, yeah, because Andy was always harsh to Kelly, you know, right. like, like pretty mean to him. So right. I think, you know, he was probably just saying something that he could get away with, but, you know, that didn't matter. You don't know what the motivation is behind no, it. No, no. Right. I don't know what the motivation is. I just think, you know... A day comes and a day goes, and it's like these guys are all in a little bubble, a weird bubble. There was a lot of anti when when Andy was winning the title. There was a lot of anti Kelly sentiment. Right, like everyone wanted to jump on the bandwagon against Kelly, you know. And Kelly's always got that against him, where like if he's in a heat, I mean, who carries Kelly up the beach? He's Nobody. not traveling with fifteen people. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, Stephen Bell trying to. He's got Belly out there, who's not even his guy anymore. Right, cooks over, and then Travis from channel islands i mean like he's not traveling with 10 guys right everyone else is traveling like sleeping in five guys to a house to save money kelly's not trying to save money right <laughs> kelly blows in the day before his heat right everyone else has been there for a week training yeah. yeah yeah i mean he's just been doing this so long so all right bringing it back to your employer tell me something we should know that oh, we don't know about yes. your hurley team rider buddies okay. brett simpson well you should know that he's the funniest guy in the world and uh I really don't know what you don't know because he's the most exposed guy on tour notes. But I do know that he has the ability to be in the top 10 and he's fiddling around with the bottom 30. And I don't know what the heck that is. So he's off the WCT on the WCT rankings and 
you know, if you don't dig deep, you wouldn't know, but he has to qualify on the QS. He's like, he has to have two good results in Hawaii. Which has been the case for the last three years, it seems. Yeah, it seems like it. So he has to be really good at Haleiwa and Sunset. And, uh, and yeah, let's see. He just hurt his back a little bit, and I uh, took him to Dr. G yesterday. Nice. And uh, hopefully he'll get better and go to Hawaii in two days and get those results. Sweet. <laughs> Chloe Andino. Chloe Andino. Gosh, he's a funny kid, man. He has got an incredible sense of humor. He has started and stopped his Instagram like four different times. Really? Yeah, he keeps restarting it. I did not know Just that. Just pushes the reset button. I mean, he'll go straight up to like 100,000 followers in a day, but... Does yeah. he delete it? Yeah, literally? yeah. Yeah, he just gets bored Holy and deletes crap. it. He's like a little kid. He is literally like a mischievous Dennis the Menace. That That's Kolohe. I mean, again, I don't know if you didn't know that, but that's basically what he is. Plus, I also think he's got the best uh, base for his surfing. To grow from more than anyone else in surfing like he could end up being by far the best guy he's a little like not robotic but maybe like uh mechanical looking right now but you gotta realize he's still young he's like 19 years old like i know that is shocking when he's 25 he's gonna be so powerful and he's so focused on being good at surfing more than he is focused on contest results and now he's getting contest results right so when when he relaxes about that and gets back into surfing i wish i'd like to see him on i'd like to see him on a rounded pin Hmm. You know, I'd like to see more carving and stuff, but uh, gosh, he's so good. All right, Miguel Pupo. Miguel Pupo, he's like the soul master. He's like the, the Rob Machado of Brazil. I agree. And I think he's underrated. Um, you know, I think we need to get a couple of these old guys off tour, like Joel, Taj, Kelly, and Mick. I like it. Just leave. Boot them, dude. Just leave. Boot them. And let the, let the kids sort it out. I mean, the kids are going to make that happen anyway. But uh, Let's yeah. keep Mick. Let's keep... You want to keep Mick? I want to keep Mick, dude. Oh, I love Mick. I mean, Mick's he's like the fire. nicest guy in the world. Like, they're all the nice. Taj is amazing. I'm just saying, those are the guys that Miguel and Brett and, and you know, some of the younger guys keep running into right. in that third round. That's why you don't see enough of them. You don't hear enough of them. Right, right, right. So, I mean, for me, I would like to change the whole format of pro surfing. I, I would rather see Brad Gerlax the game format and get some team competition. I don't really care who individually gets the points to win because I already know by watching who's the best. Right. It's not hard to tell that John, John, and Kelly are the best surfers in the world. Yeah. So if they're not number one, what does that do for your tour? It tells right. me that your tour found the guy with the best point getting ability. Right. Not the best surfer. Sure. So let's go to another format. But right now, this is the format we have, and it's enjoyable to watch for its own reasons. But... Yeah. But it's not necessarily figuring out. But my who point the best is, Miguel keeps yeah. running into some tough heats, and, and he's better than the results and the webcast time shows. I mean, that kid is amazing. He's going to do really good at pipe. Well, that his whole life. that exact definition leads us or leads us to Julian Wilson, somebody who's not getting results based on their ability. Clearly, what's up with Jules? Or give me what should we know about Jules? Julian Wilson, man, he is. That's just that's the most mind-boggling under under points performing surfer of the year for right. sure and what's funny is he's not surfing bad at all no he isn't yeah he's incredible he's probably top five surfer in the world for sure and he's just sitting down there around 20th i think he had i don't know i don't know when i speak about him but my what i watch is it looks like he doesn't want to bend what he's trying to do for the judging criteria he wants to wait and get two good waves and yeah. if he waits and a wave doesn't come he it doesn't seem like he cares he's soon really like upbeat and really outgoing and fun this year and i think he's happy with what he's doing but the results obviously aren't coming and i just think it'll be really funny because he's gonna be 20th 
and he's going to run into higher seeds next year and he's going to destroy them. Right. So he's going to really mess up the ratings because of that low seed. He's going to come up against guys who are high and smoke them in the third round. That'd be amazing to it's, see. It's actually going to be pretty funny. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So, but Julian, I don't know why the, the results haven't come. I mean, I watch every heat, I film every heat, and he's surf amazing. Let he me- does things that no one does. He's one of those guys. Like, John, John, him, and Kelly do things that nobody does. Right. And Felipe. So we've talked about all their surfing, and I'm going to throw out a psychological analysis yep. for you. Tell I'll me try. your thoughts on it. I'm not it. a doctor. All right, well, tell me your thoughts. Too much too soon, right? You got Chloe Andino, who's given everything from a young age. Same thing goes with Julian Wilson. Is it a possibility that it's just like, I mean, Julian's living the life of a superstar with this unbelievably gorgeous girlfriend traveling the world. Well, he's just the as world's gorgeous his as oyster. she is. Absolutely. No question. <laughs> <laughs> he's stunning. Yeah. But... But my point is just like, dude, where do you think's hotter? Who do you think's hotter, Michelle or Julian? Michelle Perez? Yeah. Oh, Julian, dude. I like Michelle. I think do Michelle's you really? No, just because of his physique? <laughs> yeah. You like the tone of his skin? So, but my point is just like, you, they don't have to work for anything anymore. I don't think that's the they case. With, to- I don't think that's the case with Julian. I think that was absolutely the case with Kolo Handy. You know, he got too much too soon as a California superstar, and he won that QS tour. And he was making, you know, the big million-dollar contracts. And I think he expected results to come right away. And he got so frustrated that they didn't and, and kind of embarrassed. And then people being really mean, like the, right. the, the social media towards him. He was so actively involved that, in social yeah, media. It that. shattered him, for sure, his results were because of that. That yeah. first year and a half or whatever. I mean, ironically, now that one result came, boom, since Brazil, like yeah. he's just on fire. N- nothing's going to shake him. He's like high as a kite he's just so stoked right um and he's he's performing really well i just think uh that's not the case i don't see with julian my analysis of julian is that he's he's actually doing kind of like what tiger woods did where he's like re- redoing his mm. swing there was no reason the swing was perfect but he he wants to go somewhere that he hasn't even gone yet and he has to like go backwards a little bit to move forward. Mm. That's what if I was going to get deep on Julian, I think that's what's going to happen. I think something crazy is going to happen. I think Julian's going to be surfing like Dane times two. You think so? Next year, I think there's going to be more power, more height. He does not want Felipe and John John to be doing higher errors than him. Right. No possible way. So he's going to find a way to put more power behind those launches and get scores that guys can't even compete with. I think that's what he wants to do. I think he wants to change surfing. Hmm. Interesting. Well, he's on the bubble for not requalifying. Yeah, but he will. He All will. Right. I mean, I said that too to Slater, and Slater just looked at me and laughed and goes, "Dude, the guy's gonna qualify." No okay. Problem. Well, the, the thing is, it's not really in his hands. If the guys below him do better than him at pipe, then yeah, he'll do good at All right. pipe. Fair enough. All right. One guy I really want to know about: Bob Hurley. Bob Hurley is the best human of all time. Basically, my second dad. I mean, my dad died when I was fourteen. That's right about when I started riding for Hurley. And it's funny because Bob Hurley at the time was probably only 35, but in Ryan my eyes, he's on. looked proportionally the same to me, you know, but I, I thought he was an older person because he ran a company, you know, but he was actually pretty young right. at the time. But yeah, he's done everything for me. I mean, Jeepers, he's uh, sponsored me. He paid for my band to make our first record. He uh, He's given me every opportunity to do whatever I've wanted to do at Hurley. So my position is really unique. Through the years, I've done everything I can do in my at at a company and it's all been because of him so yeah he's really into surfing uh we're heading he and i are, and a couple friends are heading to the mentalize in march just for like a free surf trip oh yeah well it's free for me 
with someone else's paying. No, I'm just well, kidding. you're not going to do a tour notes. <laughs> it's free surf, but it's you know costs about seventy grand to rent that boat. I think the Indies Trader Three. Oh, I'll do a tour notes. I did one last year. I think we kept it internal though because the song was a little raunchy. Oh, okay. I'm on a boat. There might have been some cuss words. Oh, okay. I really don't remember funny. it. No, no. Yeah. Um. But TK is going to go from nice. Frog House and uh, Bejo, our little sidekick from there, and uh, Bob's brother Bill, Bob's sons Ryan and Jeff. How do you get an invite? Yeah. <laughs> just show up. They Dr. Want a, Mark Metcalf. Uh, they want a podcast about the uh, yeah. the trip? Well, every night, live recap. All right. Our fish catching. No, but Bob really is the most genuine guy in surfing. I mean, he's the owner of this huge company, and he's everywhere. He's so personable. He gives everyone time when they talk to him. He's been really helpful in giving advice to a lot of people, too. Mm-hmm. I watch him. People with other companies, like competing companies, like if they ask him, and he's a good surfer. You know, he was always a great surfer, and he knows he cares about surfing. He knows a lot about surfing. He tries to keep the company about surfing, but heck, you know, a clothing company is about selling hats and t-shirts, of right. course. Sure. But you know, there's a lot of clothing companies that don't sponsor this many surfers right. that aren't this invested. They don't have surfing events. They don't nurture all this stuff, and that's a choice he's chosen to do. Any company would make more money if they just sold the Target. Right. If it was really just about money. But, I mean, he's been able to maintain this, you know, really great lifestyle and sponsor and enable a lot of people to do a lot of surfing. I mean, he's a huge fan of Kelly Slater. He's a huge fan of John John. Like, he loves that Hurley Pro. He's on the beach. He's not up yeah. in the stands. He's, like, talking to the guys and checking boards. Yeah. So he's having a fun time, and it's been my pleasure, obviously, to work with him. Seems like a great boss. Yeah, and he loves tour notes, so let's keep it going. Sweet. <laughs> um, when are the surfers going to reunite? You had a band with Kelly Slater, Rob Machado. Kelly Slater, Rob Machado. Was it the one surfers, album? One album produced by T-Bone Burnett. And oh, yeah. really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, yeah, we sold probably like six records. Sweet. I had one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Who were the other five? Well, the funny thing was when we were recording that record, we were recording it at Jack Johnson's house in Hawaii, and Jack was holding the microphones into the four track no for way. our demos. And I should have looked at Kelly and Rob and said, hey, screw you guys. Hey, Jack, let's do music. But Jack totally. wasn't even playing anything at the time. so Crazy. Yeah, can you believe that? Jack sold like 20 million records, and we sold about six. But uh, <laughs> maybe it had more to do with the music than the names. Perhaps. No, but it was the fun. The surfers we is love a little right music. on the nose, too. I mean, Well, everyone guys. was calling us that. We couldn't okay. get away from that name. They're like, hey, yeah, can I speak to so-and-so? He's with that album. Oh, with the surfers? Yeah. You know, so we were just the surfer guys, the surfers. So right. kind of a funny name, but yeah, we made just that one record. But we've gotten together and jammed a lot. I mean, I see Rob Good. all the time. I see Kelly all the time. Um, Hawaii's a natural uh, breeding ground for that. Right. So hopefully we'll be jamming this winter. I travel with a guitar. Kelly travels with a guitar. Yeah, sweet. It always happens. Um, are you still making music, though? Yeah. Aside from that? Yeah. I was, anything you want to talk about? I mean, nothing that I'm selling or whatever, but I write music and put it behind my tour notes a lot and stuff. Oh, is that where that yeah. music comes from? Some of it. Okay. Uh, not all of it. You know, I don't really use music in tour notes that often. Yeah. I don't know if you notice. Yeah, I the, have noticed. The dryer makes it more raw, mm-hmm. I think. So. Yeah, there's like I try not abrupt to. cuts. The only time I put music is if there's like an extended surf section. Okay. Um, which really is keyword for filler. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's exciting. I wouldn't put surfing in unless it's like something you're not going to see anywhere else. Right. Like all those free surf sessions we talked about. That day that Kelly did the 540. Oh, and you asked about, did I change it from 540 to 720? Right. I thought it was a 720, so Hurley put up 720. Stab ended up changing their labeling of it to 540. Got it. But the fact that we called it a 720 on the original True Notes, which is still there, was great for views because everyone started arguing whether it's a 720 or 540. So you get about double the views when you get a little good fight going. Right. So I should have called it a 900. Yeah, you should have. Then I would have got more views. <laughs> no, but, it's been a super controversial topic. Yeah. 
It's interesting. Yeah. Kelly called it an 810. I saw that. So I disagree. You know, well, and I actually... Again, that's bizarre. Yeah. yeah. I don't know where he came up with an 810, you know. I mean, it's either a, a 540 with, you know, the the revert or it's a 720. It's probably a 540 with, like, you know, a motion motion uh, revolution in there or something. You know, it's not it's not a revert. It's not where you land and then and then go whoosh, like those things John John was doing the nose pick and right. you land full tail and then go whoosh. right. It was in the air, boom, land and go around. Right. Which is how they land them in snowboarding. Yeah. Boom. And they call that a 720. So I don't know. The difference is the takeoff is different than snowboarding. But you got to pick different... Where's the takeoff? Is the takeoff the bottom turn? All I'm saying is, look at where the board... The nose of the board is pointing when he launches. But that's not how you do it. But that's how it should be done in surfing. We don't have to compare it to snowboarding or skating. Yeah, no, it's, it's actually a little different. It is different. Yeah. That's why it should be... Anyways, yeah. we don't have to get into that's the That's like judging debate. wave heights. That's I mean, true. Waves should be judged from the front, but I don't judge them from the front. Right. I mean, how big was that wave he did it on? It's a three-foot wave. Right. But people could say it's a six-foot wave. Totally. As long as they keep watching the clip, that's fine. That's all that matters. So, um, you got obviously had a pro surf career. Do you still surf? Oh, yeah. I surf all the time. Okay. Cool. Plenty of boards, plenty of surfing. I'm going to Hawaii uh, in three days. Okay, good. I'll be surfing over there a lot. I'm glad I caught you before you went to Hawaii. Every morning. Good. That's my time before the sun comes up. Um, Tell me about... What is kind of for the lay person who's working in a cubicle listening to this? What's your travel schedule consist of to maintain tour notes and all your Well, I just basically go on the tour. I go everywhere the tour goes. Okay. Um, the trick is to get in a couple days before the event so we can get a little pre-tour notes. I try and do one before the event starts. Okay. Hawaii is going to be a little late because I get there on the 12th and the event will probably already be running. Okay. But I think Hawaii's tour notes, I'm going to do at least six. They, they won't necessarily focus on the events. Oh, like free surf stuff? Well, or? I'm going to go hang with, put some Clark Little Time in. Clark's a good friend of mine. Um, Clark, and then there's, a, the cool thing about Hawaii, it's not just WCT surfers. Right. Like, I got to get something on Yaden. Mm. Yaden's hilarious. So I want to do some Yaden stuff. Uh, Evan Geisel will be there. Connor Coffin will be there. So you're going to see people that aren't uh, on the CT tour necessarily. Right. And it's, I try not to do too much event coverage unless we get a win or something like that. It's already being covered, too. It's already being covered. Um, if, I, if I can't offer something different, then there's really no point right. doing it. So I don't know. I mean, Hawaii, there's so much fun stuff. And hopefully some free surf sessions, some backdoor. Hurley rents a house at Pipeline. Mm-hmm. So we have a little uh, centrally located spot to be right on pipe every day. Um, you need an assistant, dude, to start logging yeah. all your clips while you're out <laughs> running the camera well I try not to shoot anything that I'm not using don't right. overshoot right 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 if you overshoot you but don't know what that's you're why you almost missed Slater's clip I almost did to save space exactly but I didn't that's true you did not still <laughs> got it we'll cut this if you want but in looking doing yeah. my research for you yeah found a mug shot in Cocoa Beach Florida oh yeah you want to talk about that what do you mean why'd you have a mug shot I don't have a mug shot in Cocoa Beach yeah I was never arrested there with a black eye Oh, that was a that was a skit for Surfer Pole. Oh, it was. Yeah. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I've been arrested in Hawaii for skating a backyard pool. Oh, but, okay. Uh, no, I, that was a skit. There um, was no story with it. I could only find the image, and I'm like, oh what? no, that was a skit that uh, Jesse Schlantz shot for the Surfer Pole because I used to host the Surfer Pole Awards yeah, yeah, yeah. for like four years in a row, and we would do these skits. One year I was Donald Trump firing Machado and Saxon, and okay. uh, that was really funny. I remember Tim some Curran. of the skits, like yeah, but then no, this uh. This one was just a, a skit where supposedly 
I went up to a girl, I think, at an ATM, okay. and then she beat me up. Oh, okay. Yeah. The black eye looked real. It's yeah, pretty good. Good yeah, makeup. That was funny. Um, but no, I did get arrested in Hawaii uh, Christmas Eve about three years ago for skateboarding a pool in Kahala. We got arrested with Gary Owens, hmm. Bobby Owens' his younger brother. Yeah. yeah. Final question uh, for everybody who's interviewed is just what was the last surfboard that you rode? Uh, I just got a new Stamps. Did you really? Yeah, a new little Stamps, Swallowtail. Copied this Brett Simpson board that he had in Brazil. It's just like a little shorter, a little fuller. Like, you know, the new short boards that make fat older guys feel like you're still riding a short I was going to say, board. what's a short board for you? I think that board's 5'10", 5'11". That's, That's pretty short. That's 31 and a half liters. I'm 220 pounds, but I, I still ride a shorter board because my brain doesn't let me ride fat boards. I don't think you can bury the rail on a thick board, so it doesn't feel like surfing. Yeah. I think the way older, bigger guys should get uh, more volume in their boards is just go longer with a regular thin railed board because you're, you're putting the board on a better rail hmm. but anyway this is a shorter board uh, 31 liters it's like a 511 nice yeah it works great stamps is blowing up stamps dude. the local boy stampy. done good stampy stampy the elephant he's coming back i think he's in japan is he's he? just coming back yeah from japan I, right well now, so. we just use instagram to know where everyone is exactly that's my new surf line i don't even use surf line I just use instagram way to I wake up and look at and see where the photos are way to bury surf line right now to the audience Remember Surfline? I do, yeah. Once upon a time. You remember Surfline? I do. All right, right on. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm accustomed to the smooth ride. Oh, maybe I'm a dog who's lost his pride. I don't expect to be treated like a fool no more. I don't expect to sleep through the night. So people say lies, lies, lies. But I say why? Why deny the obvious child? Why deny the obvious child? There's my little buddy, Yaden. He came down for a kite surf, and now he's got all his clothes off but booties and some undies. Staying busy but being patient. Catch a lot of waves but sit far out. There's nothing more to it. Being a fan is hard. Being a coach is even harder. Yeah, brothers! Heat 15, that's a wrap. Brother Andino takes the win on his way to the finals. I'm out, judges are out, I'm out of here. Go back tomorrow, I'll be offshore. That's Sippo, of course, the star of Tour Notes. As I mentioned in this episode, I was actually on the beach filming with Brett when Peter showed up and filmed his very first episode of Tour Notes. So I've actually posted that footage, my footage and Peter's footage of that exact session on our website. You can see double angles of some of Brett's waves and see me in the background of Peter's interview with Brett. Kind of cool to revisit now, nearly two years later, you know, um, and, and see what Tour Notes has become in that amount of time. So I've actually embedded that episode and all 52 episodes of Tour Notes, including little backyard interviews with Kelly and John John after their epic semifinal at Chopu, a great Clark Little piece that, uh, that Peter did, and of course, the video of Kelly's 720, which I'm claiming is still a 540. All those videos are embedded in reverse chronological order on surfsplendorpodcast.com. Check it out. Tell your friends. Thank you so much for listening. If you're new to the show, we have over 60 past episodes with everyone from Chris Ward to Mickey Munoz, iconic shapers like Tom Parrish, photographer Aaron Chang, all sorts of interviews, all completely free. You can listen directly on our website or download any podcasting app like iTunes or Stitcher click the subscribe button in those podcasting apps and every future episode of Surf Splendor will automatically be downloaded to your device. 
We also ask that you rate and review the show in iTunes just to help ensure that other people find it. And most importantly, share the show with friends. Tour notes blew up because Kelly stomped a 540, but we don't have the benefit of that in the realm of podcasting. We simply need you to share it intentionally. If you share the show with one person, our download numbers would literally double for this episode. That's just with one person. So the more listeners we have, the better guests we'll be able to attract, and the more shows we will be able to produce in the future. We want to take this show on the road, document stories around the world, but that requires sponsorship, and sponsors require an audience. So help us grow our audience. Share the show. It's easy to do on Instagram and Facebook, where you can find us at Surf Splendor. Thank you so much. I'll be back next week with an all-new episode of Surf News. This is David Scales signing off, saying ciao.